This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. I have been gone for a while, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, let's just kind of just fill you in. I will because this is just what I do. I'm honest enough to do so. I have no qualms about this. But um, as you guys know, many of you guys know, I, I go through my anxiety uh, modes. And sometimes it takes it gets the best of me. And um, it will... Um, well, well, being, well, it's just one of those moments where, you know, I didn't really reach out like I should have, and uh, the anxiety got to me, the best to me, the past couple of weeks, and it culminated one night where I just couldn't get anything done, and uh, I spent the good part of, um, well, I, I guess the week before, just kind of in a funk, guys, so forgive me, uh, I'm still going through a whole lot of stuff, um, through this year, I've been through two relationships um that come and gone so i'm still doing some personal growing some personal development of course you guys know about my um my intent to make this my full-fledged career at some point so i'm just going through a whole lot of stuff personally guys nothing to you know be alarmed about i would say thank you to the people that reached out to me um thank you that meant a lot to me that helped me come out of my little you know funk and my little downtroddenness but um i'm back i'm better guys um forgive me um and thank you in advance uh for kind of sticking it out with me knowing what i got going on uh personally and whatever have you um but again just uh for me personally just doing a lot of um reflection uh reaching out to family and friends and um, I've been in a, a, a lot better headspace. Um, actually, last week, uh, a couple of days ago, to be exact, actually maybe in a few, a few more, uh, maybe three at this point, three or four at this point. But I do have my newest uh, YouTube installment up. Uh, my second, uh, my second sports stories. This one is about Brian Potter, former Miami Hurricane. So if you haven't done that yet, please take a look at that like share subscribe whatever you feel like you want to do uh but um thank you guys for your support it means a lot um being somebody like me who goes through anxiety who goes through depression and um it means a lot really for you guys to still be listening and to still uh be checking in on me and um ch you know seeing if i'm okay uh, those of you do that so thank you um that means a lot and like i said uh right before i went away um uh, for the time that i did i said i was going to be working on getting uh some uh, somewhat more of a precise regimen going in terms of my releases and stuff like that and of course my social media presence so um that's and that's another thing that's kind of you know 
maybe if, if anything kind of triggered that just the social media thing not necessarily uh, step stepping out on that platform just yet and really just taking the reins of that and just putting myself out there those are things that I always constantly think about um, I always do sometimes worry about the content of what people are listening to and what they like and what they don't like but for the most part I think people do generally have positive things to say about whether it be the channel youtube channel or the podcast so a lot of it is personal y'all that i'm just trying to deal with um you know just older traumas and trauma bonds that i gotta get over and um yeah personal and uh thank you again i keep you know i, I can't say this enough thank you for the people that do reach out see how i'm doing and thank you for the people who've uh, listened when i've re reached out to them so um in in reference to all those people, in reverence to all those people who reached out to me, in reverence to myself trying to make a new uh, start again and, uh, you know, make a new life for myself, let's get into tonight's installment of this podcast. So let's get into it. We're going to talk a little bit of news, uh, some of the some of the stories that have been kind of um, on my mind recently, uh, dealing with, even, you know, dealing with all this personal stuff that I've been dealing with. Um, I'm going to also talk about some of the, you know, stories that I've, you know, that I've uh, picked up on in the meantime. But first things first, let's get into it on the national level. Uh, it looks as though, uh, sorry, uh, Pennsylvania, also, well, I think it's actually Georgia and Arizona have, uh, actually, sorry, Wisconsin and Arizona have decided to certify their votes, uh, meaning that um, Joe Biden officially has you know won those states it was a recount uh looks as though i believe uh biden won the recount again in arizona by like 80 i'm sorry like a 11,000 votes uh he seemed to do very well in arizona's biggest county which is maricopa and i believe tucson and um Tucson and Phoenix are the two main cities in that county. I could be wrong about that, uh, but he scored really well there, and that pretty much was a deciding factor. Uh, there was like a, again, like I said, there was a recount uh, in Wisconsin as well. They certified that Biden would, would sorry Biden pulled that out again by I believe eighty six votes. So again, um, it's been a foregone conclusion. Um, I guess for I would say about at least a good I don't know. Uh, a few weeks now about who the winner is. I know there's a lot of um, denial from the conservative side. Um, just had somebody tell me crazy, some crazy shit today. Well, the media doesn't determine the president. Well, we know that. No shit, Sherlock. The media has never done that. They just report on who the winner is. Never, I mean, again, um, anything that I've heard in the media, they've always said, whether it's Fox News or, you know, CNN or MSNBC, whatever the channels they want to get into, people want to complain about. Uh, but as far as, you know, I'm as far as I've heard and observed, I always I've always heard this is a projected winner. This is what the Electoral College has said. Um, again, the media does not make that choice. No, duh. That's why we voted. And it looks as though that the majority of votes came out to be for Biden. Again, I don't really stand with either guy. You already know how I feel, but that's just what the facts are. Here we deal with facts. I can get into the emotions. I can. I've done that already. We got into some more, some of the ulterior facts about this guy, about both of these guys. So we don't need to go, you know, beat, you know, beat the dead horse there. But as far as what's in front of us today, um, 
No shit, guys. The media does not determine the president. That's not who determined the president this time. Uh, that's not what the media necessarily does. The media reports on the news. That's what they've been doing. They reported on what happened. Um, you know, none of these news outlets made up the fact that uh, Trump, there was a recount in Wisconsin and Trump still lost. That wasn't made up. They, the media just happened to say this is what happened. That's what the media does. Life and, and what goes on in it, that's already predetermined or, you know, by fate or it just happens based on people's circumstance, whatever you want to believe. Uh, media, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, there's times where they might create and fabricate stories, but for the most part, this, what they're doing now is they're reporting to us what's going on. It's a lot, I mean, again, it's not fabricated if it's electoral colleges signing off on this, these states are certifying this. The media has nothing to do with that part. At that point, as soon as you cast asset, actually, let's be real here. Uh, again, the only thing the media can do is report on this. The only thing they can do is talk about it. Whether and then again, um, if you know, it's all about I guess where you stand politically. Of course, you'll hear CNN and MSNBC and the main mainstream media that people have so much of a problem with. A lot of them might side with Joe and say, "Yes, Joe is your winner. Joe is this. He's the winner." Um, you know, but again, you'll hear these conservative factoids and these, you know, whatever they want to, you know, call themselves alternative, alternative news, whatever. Uh, there's this there's there's still this, you know, claim of voter fraud. Nobody's determined that again. It's certified again. This is not again. The media did not certify Trump. Arizona certified Trump as the winner. Wisconsin certified Trump as the winner. The media just said, "Oh, that's what you guys did." Okay, this is what this is what Arizona and Wisconsin did. Also, in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, they also overturned a uh, case within their courts uh, that would have thrown out two two million mail in ballots. So again, there's not too much that Trump can really say. It's over for your boy. Um, no, the media did not determine this election. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know where the f where that again in 2016 when everybody when every news outlet was saying trump was the winner was the media declaring the winner then i don't get it i, I the media just goes with what the electoral college has said and what the the voting says and as far as a rogue electoral college that ain't gonna happen again they've again the minute it was it was determined that trump and or biden won that state they picked up those votes those electoral college votes period point blank um again the process of certifying may have took taken even even a little bit longer okay um georgia was pretty much uh, solidified the week of the election or by that weekend biden had pretty much won that election like the first weekend by that first weekend he was pretty much determined the winner i don't know why we're having these issues here uh, again it just looks like a, a certain population a certain portion of his population just doesn't want to just wants to be in some type of denial and i i just don't get it i, I mean yeah we'll see what happens i don't think we're gonna be have to wait till no 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 march no february for this to happen i think come january 20 20th or 21st whatever the day the official date is you know biden will be there i don't know what the hell these other people are talking about sorry guys i I can't roll with that. Uh, let's move on. Another thing I wanted to get into, uh, just over the past, I think the last time we talked, I hadn't talked uh, 
anything about this just yet, but it had been on my mind. Uh, these cases kept popping up. Uh, most recently, there was one over the weekend. And uh, what is up with all these brothers, um, of course, more specifically these rappers, getting popped? Um, you had King Vaughn, uh, artist out of uh, Chicago. I'm not super familiar with his music. Uh, same thing with uh, Mo3 out of Dallas. Again, um, prominent where he's from, just like with your boy uh, King Vaughn. They're prominent where they're from, so I'm not going to take nothing away from them. I just hadn't connected with these guys yet. I hadn't uh, listened to their music or nothing like that. Uh, but again, it's just the, you know, I don't know the and I don't know the stories behind each of these guys' death. And then of course, uh, this week you get a, a guy from the the Bay Area named Lil Yace. And it's just like that's three. Um, you got you count Boosie, he got shot at. I think he got shot in the leg. He's gonna pull through, he'll be alright. But it's just like, what the fuck, y'all? Like, you know, I have you know my most recent YouTube video is talking about, you know, unsolved murder of a black man and it's just like again i'm gonna stress this you know over and over again especially in these type of situations black lives matter right again do they do they not i mean because if they mattered i mean it's like you know, I just find it funny that we spent this whole spring and whole summer tearing up cities, tearing up towns, tearing up business districts, all type of shit just to get our point across. And we're shooting our own public figures. What the fuck? That, and, and let's keep it real here. That's, again, that's what a rapper is in our community. A rapper is a public figure in our community. That's what we put our, you know, our, all our love and respect in, this, in these, you know, people with these status positions, rapper, art, whatever. We sh we're shooting them, but Black Lives Matter. That's what we've been pushing throughout the summer, throughout the spring, and demanding. We've set fires for this, and and now we're shooting each other again. We're back to doing this shit again. See, that's why I said, you know, when we were talking about Trump and the Platinum Plan. How about the diamond, the diamond plan from Black folks where you don't shoot each other? And just call it. We don't shoot each other. We stop selling dope, and you see what happens when that when, when when we stop doing that to each other. You see the results of that. That's the diamond plan. Why don't we don't Why don't we make a plan with ourselves? You see what I'm saying? And I'm just. It's unfortunate. Again, I don't know the stories behind each and why. Uh, you know each story behind this why these guys died. But it just seems to be like you know same old same kind of shit that took out Nipsey. You know. And this is ridiculous because we'll tell everybody around the world that we matter. If we fucking matter, then why are we doing this to our public figures? Just saying, oh, he, he's all cool, all this, R.I.P., R.I.P., cuz, oh, man, yo, you should, man, he shouldn't have been dead. None of these guys should be dead. Boosie getting shot. This is crazy. And we had the nerve to light cities on fire. Get the fuck out of here. I'm just saying, I'm done with that shit. You see why I said after, you know, this election came, I, I got tired of all that. Leave me alone with the bullshit. I'm not getting on none of it. Look, and they'll call, and they'll, and I'm telling you, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a group of black folk that might say these comments might sound like coon. Oh, you sound like, you know who's the coon? Niggas who shoot each other. Those are the coons. Period. The dudes that shot up Lil Yace, coons. The, dude, the dudes that shot up King Bond, coons. That's coonish behavior. 
me calling that shit out, other black people calling that shit out, especially when we didn't put cities on fire the entire summer talking about we matter. It's bullshit. Sorry, I, I'm done. I, I, I'm, I'm not in no more arguments about this. This is my argument. 2020 and beyond. This is what I'm pushing. I'm pushing self-accountability. Yourself, your people around you, your family, and your community. If you can't be self-accountable, fuck everything else that's going around. Self-accountability and self-reliance. And we're being proactive in 2020 as a, as a group of black folk, as, as black people. Fuck waiting on Biden. Fuck waiting on platinum plans. Fuck waiting on what Ice Cube to went and talked to them about. Fuck that. What are you doing every day to put yourself forward? What I do, I get up, I take my ass to work. I work on my on my uh on my on my gifts, on my skills that what I that I want to use to take me to the next level. That's what I do every day. I meditate when I can. I work my body out when I can. And you know what I don't do? I don't bash black men. I don't bash black women. I stay away from those conversations. I might have a debate with you. I, I'm definitely willing to have debates with people about this, but I'm not bashing. I'm not putting myself out there to be again. It, 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 you know, a long time ago, I told myself, I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to be aggressive or, you know, um, and I guess the aggressive is the wrong word here, but I guess, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, agitated or, or looking for a fight with brothers, my age brothers, you know, brothers in general, I'm not looking for that anymore. I'm looking for community. We should be looking for uh, brotherhood instead of beef, instead of some reason to go after this guy. Man, I mean, I, it, we spent a whole summer just to be shooting each other in the wintertime. I swear, I, where is the unity? Where is the love? Where? Oh, God. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to have to take a break. When we come back, uh, I'll be uh, breaking down all the sports from this weekend. Uh, that was the plan also as well. So I'll be talking about Roy Jones, Mike Tyson. I'll be breaking down some college football. And, of course, I'll be breaking down some uh, NFL action. And then finally, when everything is all wrapped up, I'll be going over what I got planned uh, for the rest of this weekend, uh, what I got going on in general. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. get back into it and uh let's talk uh, let's start off with some football and of course we had some uh monday night football just wrap up a little bit earlier uh we had the seahawks getting it done against the eagles 23 to 17 was the final score the seahawks with the eight and three the eagles are now um sorry three seven and one uh of course like i said the final score 23 to 17 let's break down the stats a little bit uh for the seahawks russell wilson will lead the way 22 or 31 for him 230 yards. He would have a touchdown there. Chris Carson would be the uh, would be the team's leading rusher with 41 yards on the ground. He would also have a touchdown. Uh, we also got um, let's see. 
Oh, we got DK Metcalf, the leading receiver with 10 catches, 177 yards. We also got a receiving touchdown uh, from David Malone. And on defense, safety to Jamal Adams will get nine total tackles in the sack. And linebacker K.J. Wright will get five total tackles in the sack. And defensive back Quandre Diggs will get an interception. For the Eagles, Carson Wentz will go 25 of 45 for 215 yards. He would have two touchdowns, but he would throw an interception. He would be the team's leading rusher with 42 rushing yards. Uh, in terms of receiving tight end, uh, Dallas Goddard. Matter of fact, both of Philly's uh, tight ends were in the were in the mix. Uh, like I said, Dallas Goddard would have uh, seven total catches for 75 yards and also a touchdown. Richard Rodgers would have 53 receiving yards as well as a touchdown. And defensively, Philadelphia uh, got help from Darius Slay, who had nine total tackles, and linebacker Fletcher Cox. He would have five total tackles, and he, had a, he would add a sack to that. Uh, moving on uh, to some scores over over the course of Week 12, uh, we got the Titans beating up on the, Lion, the Lions. Excuse me, 41 to 25. Matt Patricia is out of Detroit, by the way. Uh, we got Washington beating up on the Cowboys, 41 to 16. We got the Chargers uh, getting the best of the Bills here. 20. I'm sorry. Sorry, the Bills getting the best of the Chargers here, 27 to 17. Uh, we have the Colts uh, taking another another L here this time to their divisional rival, that being the Titans, 45 to 26 is the final score here. Uh, for the Titans, they are now 8 and 3. The, the Colts uh, move down to 7 and 4. For the Titans, Ryan Tannehill will lead the way for them in the center, 13 and 22 from him, 221 yards. He would throw for a touchdown. He'd also have a rushing touchdown as well. Derrick Henry would have 178 yards on the ground and also three touchdowns. A.J. Brown would have 98 receiving yards and a touchdown. Kenny Bra uh, Vaccaro will be the team's leading tackler with nine total tackles. Safety Kevin Byard would have seven total tackles as well. In terms of the Colts, uh, Phillip Rivers would go 24-42 for 295 yards. He would have two touchdowns, but he would throw a pick. Naheem Yards would just have Naheem Hines, excuse me, would just have 21 rushing yards, actually 29 rushing yards. Jacoby Brissett would have two rushing touchdowns. Um, in terms of receiving, T.Y. Hilton would lead the way. He had four catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Tight end Trey Burton would have 42 receiving yards and a touchdown. And defensively, um, we got um, Darius Leonard here doing his thing for the Colts. 11, sorry, 14 total tackles and a sack. Moving on, uh, we got an NFC matchup. The Vikings get it done against the Panthers by 128-27. We got the uh, Browns getting it done against the Jaguars, 27-25. We got the Giants pulling it out against the Bengals, 19-17. Although Chandler uh, Jones will be out for the next few weeks, uh, he actually sprained, I think it was, or he strained, excuse me, his hamstring. Uh, but we got the Cardinals taking a three-point loss to the Patriots, 20-17. We got the Dolphins. They've got a big win here against the Jets, 20-3. Oh, yeah. The upset of the day, uh, the Falcons. I don't know what the fuck happened here. Beating up on my Raiders. I'm disappointed. The Raiders are now 6-5. Uh, this was supposed to be a stretch of the year that I thought we were supposed to just rack up some wins, even with a loss to the Chiefs. I don't know what to make of it. I'm pissed right now. And uh, pretty much all I got to say is... Um So yeah, that's how I feel. 43-6, sorry. Falcons over the Raiders. I'm not happy right now. We don't want to talk about it. 
The Saints get the best of the Broncos, 31-3. The Niners get the best of the Rams, 23-20. The Bears, uh, they take another L this time to the Packers, 41-25. And uh, we got the Chiefs getting it done against the Bucks by three, 27-24. Let's break down the stats in this one as well. Uh, For the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes will lead the way, 37-49 for 462 yards. Also, three touchdowns, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would have 37 rushing yards. Tyreek Hill would have 13. 13 catches for 269 yards. He would also have three touchdown catches. Defensive back Rashad Fenton would have six total tackles. And Tyron Matthew, always doing his thing on the defensive end, five total tackles last night or Sunday night. He also have a pick as well. Um, in terms of what, um, excuse me, in terms of what the Buccaneers could do, or what the Buccaneers did, uh, Tom Brady, he would do, he would go, he go 27 of 40, uh, 27 of 41 for 345 yards. He would throw three touchdowns, but he would have a couple interceptions. Ronald Jones would be your leading uh, rusher with 66 yards on the ground. In terms of receiving, Rob Gronkowski was a leading receiver, six catches for 106 yards. He also got uh, eight catches and 97 yards from Chris Godwin. Two uh, receiving touchdowns from Mike Evans. Also, we got a receiving touchdown from Ronald Jones as well. In terms of defense, Devin White would be the leading tackler for the Bucks. He would have 12 total tackles, and Levante David, excuse me, would have eight total tackles. And Jason uh, Pierre-Paul and also Shaq Barrett would get into the mix as well. Uh, they will both have uh, over three tackles. I'm sorry, they will both have three tackles each, and they would also have a sack as well. All right, y'all, so let's move on. Uh, we have a, a little bit of news to go over for the NFL. Not too much, but um, one uh, one new story is coming out of Houston. We got wide receiver Will Fuller. He will be out for the next six games uh, for violating the NFL's policy for performance-enhancing uh, substances. According to him, uh, he f- I think he was either dealing with some type of illness or injury, and uh, he was given some medication uh, that was, of course, not approved by the NFL, and that's the issue. Um, I don't know what to make of all that, uh, but he was definitely one of the few bright spots to the Texans offense. Uh, last week, he had probably one of the best games, maybe in his career, at least in a while. Uh, but uh, he would have six catches last week for 171 yards and two touchdowns. On the year, he has 53 receiving or 53 receptions, excuse me, for 879 yards, and he also have eight touchdowns, which is tied. I'm sorry, which is tied um, for six most in the league. So, I mean, like I said, one of the bright spots for this team as well. Um, we also got some Niner news to go over uh, for the next couple of weeks. I think actually the next three games or something like that, next three home games, uh, because of the issues that Santa Clara ha- is having with just COVID and uh, just trying to prevent cases, of, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that county has experienced an uptick in terms of uh, positive cases. So uh, that whole county, including the city that the 49ers play in, which is Santa Clara, uh, they will be shutting a lot of things down, including football. So, And a lot of uh, teams in the Bay, uh, the college teams, Stanford, Cal, I believe they've been having some issues this week too. Uh, but as, like I said, as far as the Niners are concerned, the next three home games uh, have been canceled. Uh, well, not canceled, but they will be moved to Glendale, Arizona at State Farm Stadium. Uh, they will be hosting the Bills, Washington, and also the Cowboys. So look out for that. Um, yeah, that's that's a little that's a, that's it. That's it in terms of the news. Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, when I do get back to it, um, in terms of the NFL. 
I want to. Oh, actually, one more piece of news here. Uh, of course, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of you may know about this, but Baltimore and the Pittsburgh game has been moved to Wednesday. Uh, this is the third postponement of that game. Of course, this is all due to a COVID outbreak in Baltimore uh, at their facility. So, uh, and I'm not too sure how many teams play or actually have their team facility in the same city that they play. Uh, but for uh, the Ravens, their team facility is in actually a town called Owens Mills in Maryland. It's not in Baltimore, but uh, apparently there was some type of person on the staff. I can't, I don't know the exact ins and outs of this story. I think it was a staffer that might have been infected and got a whole bunch of other players infected or something like that. Um, but just, oh, oh, look, let's just talk about the main number. 20 up to 20 players right now on the Baltimore squad is on the COVID reserve list. But as far as this game is concerned, the NFL still wants it to go on. Why? I don't know. They, yes, I guess they need that money. Um, the, t uh, the game will uh, tip off at 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.40 p.m. Pacific. Uh, NBC has other obligations. Uh, they pushed the NFL aside for the Rockefeller, the 88th Rockefeller tree lighting ceremony. I think that's in New York City. So, again, it could have been a primetime slot, but... Uh, NBC would rather watch you. Will rather have you. Will rather have you watch a uh, tree get lit. So hey, <laughs> I like trees all the time. So I don't need to watch it on TV. That's me. Um, the game has been was originally scheduled excuse me for Thanksgiving, but due to multiple players uh, testing positive, of course on the Baltimore side, including quarterback Lamar Miller. Sorry, Lamar Miller. Sorry guys, Lamar Jackson, and most recently Willie Sneed. The game uh, was pushed to Tuesday uh, tomorrow, but Baltimore decided to opt out and wait for another day. Uh, they had, like I said, um, they have up to 20 players on that reserve list right now, and they have not had a full practice in 10 days, November 10th. So um, very interesting, to, to, to say the least. Um, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, I, 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 personally, I personally feel like they should just postpone it till next week. Uh, but I know that, you know, that puts a lot of things in jeopardy or, you know, you have to push this game aside. But um, I'm not too sure what the issue is. I mean, people are going to watch it whenever it's on TV. I don't think it should be a matter of whether or not people are going to, you know, watch it. Or, I think a lot of it has to do with that they're going to make money off of it. That's really what it is. I mean, because in all reality, I mean, if people aren't ready to go, if you got 20 players, you know, that can't suit up, I mean, that's that's a significant number. Um, wow, that's, I mean, if it was, if it was, if it was a college, if this was college, I, if I'm not mistaken, this game would have been called, but it's the NFL, they're going to tell you they need that money, and yeah. Uh, let's move, speaking of college football, let's talk a little bit about some of that as well. Uh, let's get into it. Let's start off with some, um, some scores from around the league, uh, at least from the top 25, yeah. Uh, we're going to start off, of course, with number, uh, number 13. Iowa State getting it done against number 17, Texas. 23-20 is the final score here. Uh, Iowa State, the Cyclones, uh, are now 7-2. The Longhorns are 5-3. For Iowa State, they were led by Brock Purdy. He would go 25-36 for 312 yards and a touchdown. Brees Hall was the leading rusher, 91 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, tight end Charlie Kohler will be your leading receiver with six catches and 131 yards. 131 yards, excuse me. Sean Shaw will be uh, will be next up with 60 receiving yards and a touchdown. 
And in terms of defense, the Cyclones were led by linebacker Mike Rose, who had 13 total tackles, and defensive lineman Latrell Bankston, who had two sacks. For Texas, um, they were led by Sam Ellinger. He would go 17-29 for 298 yards. Uh, he would have a touchdown through the air. He also would be the team's leading rusher with 65 rushing yards and a touchdown. Brennan Eagles would be the team's leading receiver with five catches and 142 yards. Jared Riley would have a receiving touchdown as well. And defensive back Caton Stearns would have 13 total tackles. Uh, pretty much the story of the game, head coach Tom Herman out there from Texas. He is on a hot seat after another loss, another important conference loss. Uh, his overall record isn't too bad at 30-18, and 18, but again, he's at a team like Texas who has obviously – they have, you know, a high expectation. For those who do not know too much about college football or not a whole lot, Texas, I mean, although they haven't won a whole lot recently in the past few years, which is why I'm like, I think y'all expectations are a little bit too high, you ask me, because they haven't won a national championship since Vince Young's been there. I'm pretty sure y'all know that, right? So, I mean, hey, they can have their expectations. They have a right to dream. But, I mean, come on, let's be realistic. Um, they haven't even won a conference uh, championship, I believe, since like 2012, 2011, something like that. I could be a little bit off here, but uh, it's been a while since Texas has been on top of, you know, their conference, let alone the country. So it's like, I mean, I, I get you guys, you know, being kind of mad about a season like this, wanting to put this guy in the hot seat, but um, he's a lot better than Charlie Strong. I'll tell you that. Um uh, I mean, he. I think these are, you know, just as good as the last few years of Mac Brown. I mean, jeez, Texas, uh, get over it. I mean, um, he's been there for four years. Uh, he hasn't had a, a losing. Se I think he had a, maybe one losing season so far uh, since he's been there. Um, you know, in a conference like the Big Twelve, uh, and you know, he did finish ten and four. Uh, his first season in 2018, beating Georgia. He also beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl a few years back. So, again, I think Texas has just some really high expectations. I don't know what it is, um, especially for a team. I think they're way too high for a team that hasn't played in a conference, in, in a champion, in a, in a national championship about in about 10 years, in a conference championship about in about, what, eight or so, or over 10 years. They haven't played. They haven't won a championship. Sorry. Vince Young goes back to 2005. So that's at least, oh, God, 15, almost 20 years? No, that's too far. At least 15 years or something like that. And they haven't won a conference title in about six to eight years. So I don't know. I mean, again, they're tripping. Uh, but, again, they're going to put him on a hot seat. They need a scapegoat. Uh, but he's had consecutive years where they had eight wins. Again, eight. Anything less than 12 wins, I guess, in Texas is a bad thing. Oh, my God. The world is falling apart. That's how serious they are about their football in Texas. I will tell you that. They're pretty serious about it. I get it. Whatever. I mean, but again, for as much love as y'all have for it, again, like I said, y'all ain't won no championships. Bama got those. So <laughs> I can see I can see if Bama were to fire a coach after going like eight and three. You know, I can see Bama who's won championships year year after year after year. I can see a team like that doing it, but a team like Texas, no. Y'all y'all average right now. I don't know what y'all tripping about. Herman is actually probably one of the best coaches, like I said, y'all done had in a while. 
Uh, let's move on. Uh, we got Iowa, uh, who's made it into the top 25. We will discuss them in just a little bit uh, where they're at. They were to beat. They, they got a win against Nebraska this weekend or last week at 26-20. Uh, we got some ACC action here uh, with Notre Dame, number two in the nation, getting it done against North Carolina, number 19 in the nation, 31-17. Here is the upset, y'all. I didn't really want to talk about this one either. Um, Oregon goes down to their rival. Oregon State. Oh, God. Well, RIP to this season's playoff chances. 38 to 41 is the final score, of course. The Ducks are 3 and 1. Uh, the, the Beavers, God damn. 2 and 2. Save your roast for now. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, you can roast me. Yeah, go ahead. I'll take it. Tyler Shuck would go two uh, would have 285 passing yards for two touchdowns. He would also have two interceptions. He would have a rushing touchdown. Uh, Travis Dye would have 93 rushing yards. Jalen Red, sorry, Jalen Reed would have um, ooh, sorry, he would have a receiving touchdown. Sorry, a rushing touchdown, and uh, also so would uh, raw receiver Devon Williams, and so would Cyrus Abibi. Likio, one of my favorite short yardage running backs in college right now. Linebacker Isaac Slade Matatuita, he would have 12 total tackles. And defensive back Verone McKinley III would have 9 total tackles. As far as Oregon State is concerned, Tristan Gebbia uh, would lead the way 23-37 for 263 yards. He would have a touchdown. Uh, he would also have a rushing touchdown on top of that. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, 226 yards. This has been the Ducks' uh, main Achilles heel this, this season. Rush defense. I have not seen a team like this. A Ducks team perform so bad against the run. So many years I've seen their defense just struggle against some of the best, the better passing teams and give up a lot of points there. But I've never, never, this is the first time I've seen a back, a running back go for over 100 yards in Oregon in a very long time, or 200 yards in a very, very long time. I've been watching Oregon football consistently at least since 2003 almost. I have, I have, well, again, that's a while back. So, I mean, probably back then, and you got Marshawn and those guys back in the 2000, 2006. So, maybe one of those guys might have had a, a, a decent game on us. But 226 yards, man, I, I haven't seen that in a long, in, in, man, on, a, on our defense in a long time. Two touchdowns from Jamar as well. Uh, Kobe Taylor was the leading receiver for the Beavers, our hate, our most hated rivals. Seven, uh, seven receptions and 114 yards. Zariah Benson would have a receiving touchdown. And on defense, Oregon State got help from defensive back Keaton Oladapo. Uh, nine total tackles. Linebacker Avery Roberts uh, Avery Roberts would have 12 total tackles. And linebacker Andres Hughes would have Andres Hughes Murray would have eight total tackles in the sack. Moving on, uh, we got Florida getting it done against Kentucky. I think Florida is number five right now. 34 to 10 is the final score. We got Oklahoma getting it done against Texas Tech. 40 to 44 was the final score there. Number 12, Indiana gets it done against Maryland. 27 to 11. Uh, we got number 20, Coastal Carolina getting it done against Texas State. Texas State, excuse me, 49 to 14. Uh, we also have another upset here. Uh, Northwestern. They go down uh, to Michigan State, 20-29 to is the final score here. This was Northwestern's first loss of the year. Uh, that brings them to 5-1, and one, and Michigan State is 2-3. and three. For Northwestern, Peyton Ramsey would go 21-43 for 210 yards. He would throw for just, he would throw two interceptions, but he would have a rushing touchdown. 
Drake Anderson would be the team's leading rusher. He would have 41 yards on the ground. Ken Porter would have a rushing TD as well. Uh, Rob receiver Riley Lees would have uh, four total catches and 59 yards. And in terms of defense, it's a linebacker situation for Northwestern. Uh, Patty Fisher would have 12 total tackles and an, intercep and an interception. Uh, Greg Gallagher, sorry, Blake Gallagher would have 11 total tackles. And linebacker Chris Bergen would have 11 total tackles as well. For Michigan State, Rocky Lombardi will lead the way 11-27 for 161 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He will be the team's leading rusher. Actually, no. He will be the team's second leading rusher with 65 rushing yards. Connor Hayward will be the team's leader with 96. Uh, Jalen Naylor would have uh, 90, 99 receiving yards and a touchdown. And Jaden Reed would have a receiving touchdown as well. In terms of defense, the Spartans got help from Antoine Simmons. He would have 13 total tackles and a sack. Moving on, we got number 22, Auburn, uh, taking another L here to the Admiral in the Iron Ball, 13-42, uh, not having Nick Saban there. Did not necessarily, well, it didn't negatively affect the tie at all, as you can see. Uh, moving on, oh, oh, we're going to break down the score for this one, break down the stats for this one real quick. Uh, for Auburn, Bo Nix would go 22-38 for 227 yards. He would throw two interceptions, uh, but he would have a rushing touchdown. Mark Anthony Richards would be the leading rusher for Auburn. He would have 57 uh, yards there. And Anthony Schwartz would be the leading receiver. Five catches from him and 60 yards. Uh, for Bama, Mac Jones would, go, uh, would be under center. He would go 18-26 for 302 yards for five touchdowns. Uh, Nigel Harris would have 96 rushing yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith would have seven total catches for 107 yards, 171 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, John Mechie would have six catches for 55 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, in terms of defense, uh, the Crimson Tide got help from defensive back Josh Job, 10 total tackles, linebacker, uh, linebacker Christopher Allen, and defensive tackle Christian Bearmore would have a sack, and defensive back Malachi Moore would have an interception. Uh, some just to wrap up the week, a few more scores here. Uh, number three Clemson gets it uh, gets it done against Pittsburgh, 52 to 17. Number five Texas A&M gets it done against LSU, 20 to seven. And number nine Georgia gets it done against uh, South Carolina, 45 to 16. Uh, before we wrap everything up for tonight, let's go over the top 25. Uh, number 25, we have Liberty at 9-1. At number 24, we have a new team on the top 25, Iowa, who is currently 4-2. They are ninth in points allowed with just over 16 points allowed a game. They are second in the conference um, in terms of total defense. Defensive tackle Davion Mixon leads the, ta uh, leads the conference in tackles for loss with 12 and also uh, sacks with 3. I'm sorry, with 5. Uh, defensive back Jack Corner is also tied for third in the conference with interceptions with just three as uh, as well. So let's move on to Washington. They are another new team here on the block. Uh, three and oh is their current record. Their last win was a W, 24-21 versus Utah. Quarterback Dylan Morris would go 25-38, sorry, 23-38 for 272 yards. He would throw two touchdowns but three interceptions as well. Tight end Cade Oden would have eight total catches for 108 yards and two touchdowns. And the Huskies defensively will force three uh, three turnovers in that game. Uh, moving on to number 20, uh, 22, we have Tulsa. Uh, they are 5-1. and one. Of course, my Ducks dropped all the way down to number 21 at 3-1. and one. At number 20, we have Louisiana at 8-1. At number 19, we 
we have Oklahoma State at six and two. At number eighteen, we have Wisconsin at two and one. At number seventeen, we have USC at three and zero. At number six, uh, sorry, number seventeen, we have USC at three and zero. At number sixteen, we have Northwestern. Uh, they are five and one. At number fifteen, we have Marshall at seven and zero. At number fourteen, we have Coastal Carolina at nine and zero. And we're gonna get closer to the top ten here. Uh, we have Oklahoma next at six and two. They are number thirteen. Number twelve is Iowa State at seven and two. Number eleven is Georgia at six and two. At ten, uh, we have uh, Indiana. So they actually jumped up a couple spots from last week. They are currently five and one. Miami is seven and one at number nine. Uh, at number eight, we got uh, BYU at nine and zero. Oh. At number seven is Cincinnati at eight and zero. Oh. At number six, we got Florida at seven and one. Uh, at five, we have Texas Texas A and M at six and one. And rounding out the top four, uh, Clemson is eight and one. Ohio State is four and zero at number three, and at number two, and of course number one, we have Notre Dame and Alabama respectively. Notre Dame is nine and zero, and Alabama is eight and zero. All right, y'all, I'm gonna call the round for tonight. Uh, of course, if you are looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my Facebook, L Jamal Johnny E L J A M A H A D J A M I. I have links there as well. Uh, you can hit me up on my Instagram, L Jamal John. Uh, sorry, L Jamal seven ninety one. E L J A M A H seven ninety one. And uh, make sure you check out my YouTube channel as well. Never out of bounds. Same name as you got here. Um, I got my sports stories. My new episode of my sports stories up. I got some reviews there. My pawn for the review series. Y'all go ahead and check it out. A lot of different stuff there. Please, uh, show me your support. Uh, whatever you can do. Like I said, I've been going through it in terms of just the depression and just the anxiety the past couple of weeks. But I am back, y'all. Uh, ready to do something big. Ready to do some positive stuff here. So if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, thank you for loving me back. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at all y'all later. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. I want to talk about uh, Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. Look, no shade. But um, Snoop was right two uncles at the barbecue now of course the fight was for charity it was an exhibition match uh ended in a draw uh punch stats of course prove otherwise let's take a look at the punch stats real quick uh mike tyson definitely outlanded um roy jones a little bit surprising too it was a little bit of a wide margin uh tyson would land 67 out of 193 193 punches he got 37 out of 236 from jones jr uh, Jones, uh, he threw some punches. He seemed to try to, you know, try to wrestle with Mike a little bit. Uh, he didn't want to get cracked and get hurt. Uh, Tyson looked decent. Jones is just called a day. Um, with that being said, though, I think Tyson might be able to catch a bum. He might be catch, might be able to catch a, a new guy on the block that's, you know, not really doing his homework. He's not really training super hard. Um, I don't see him, I don't see him getting in the ring with Wilder and Fury and AJ and, and those guys though. I mean, it was, it was good to see them, you know, be active and do something healthy, not kill each other. Um, it's good always to see Mike in a positive light where he's not doing something crazy. He's not talking crazy. Um, it's always good to see that. I've been liking how he's kind of, uh, redeemed himself over the past, I guess, 20, over 20 years. Uh, just trying to, you know, make yourself a better person, uh, get everybody to kind of see that. Uh, so nothing really, nothing negative really to say about the fight, but 
I, I for sure didn't pay $45 for it for pay-per-view. Um, I was never going to do that. Um, I was a little bit worried about the health of both fighters, but they stayed they stayed relatively up the whole entire fight. Of course, it looked like uh, Jones were fading at some point, but, I mean, I mean, these guys are, what, 40-something years old, almost 50 years old, 50 years old, basically. <sighs> Man, um, I mean, their, their best years are definitely behind them. I mean, that's what I'm going to say. Like, you can say what you want about these guys. Um, again, they were great when they were younger. They were great in the 90s. Um, but <laughs> it's no longer that time. And uh, Mike, he, I mean, again, not to take too much away from Mike because he seemed to definitely be the look. He on Basically, from the eye test, he seemed to look like the better of the two fighters. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um I think both of them could kind of do well if they kind of just step back and just either became a trainer. I mean, both of them, I mean, they have solid boxing IQs. Um, if they really want to be close to the sport, be a trainer or something. But, I mean, I definitely feel like at some point the, the ship has sailed for this for these two. And, um, again, it was a decent fight for what it was. Uh, but, yeah, they're, uh, especially from what I saw from Roy, it was just like, come on, bro, like... Ugh, like I get it, you guys want to make a statement. You guys want to have one last, whatever, whatever the whole point was. I just kept thinking, you know, I kept thinking, grudge match with fucking Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone. That's all I can think about. But um, they made it work. Nobody died, um, of course. Like I said, Mike Tyson is doing all he can to kind of step up out of the, his past and again redeem himself, be somebody that people can you know rely upon and just people that people can be. Uh, positive and proud of again, so and I, and I like that, you know. Um, definitely giving back, of course. The fight was for charity, so you got to give him some props for that. And give uh, props to Roy for showing up. Uh, he didn't quit. Uh, he stayed uh, stayed in front of Mike the whole entire fight as much as he could. Of course, there was some wrestling and some grabbing from him and some holding, but um, yeah. All right, y'all. That's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to get my thoughts on this. These my last little thoughts on that fight. I almost forgot to talk to you guys about it, but all right, y'all. I'll holler at y'all later. Good night, y'all.